Now, there are certain goals and things that you can um, have. Like my husband wants a truck and he set a goal to have a truck by a certain time. Like that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But to to tell take something so life changing as a spouse and tell God if it doesn't happen by this date, it's too late. Who are you? Like, who are you to tell God when he should do, when he should be God, basically, when he should allow things to happen in your life? Like, who are you to tell God when he should do his thing? You are nobody. I mean, I hate to put it like that, but you are nobody. I am nobody in the eyes of of God's plan. He has this whole thing planned out and he knows exactly what's best for us. Welcome back to another episode of I Wish Someone Would Have Told Me, where we dive into all those topics that we really wish somebody would have told us about before we started this whole adulting thing. (laughs) So let's jump right into this week's episode. Hello, hello, hello. I am super happy to be recording again. Um, I thought my next podcast was going to be the one, part two of me and my husband's, but he has been so busy lately. Um, He hasn't had the opportunity to record with me, so that is coming soon. It is, but for right now, I am going on my own with this. but I've got some exciting things coming up just in general. So if you don't follow my Instagram, please follow my Instagram at iwish.swhtm. So iwish.swhtm. I wish someone would have told me um, there on Instagram just to keep up with the things that will be starting very, very soon. I'm super excited. Um and the uh, opportunities that have opened, I'm super excited about them. So yeah, <laughs> anyways, getting into our topic for today, I wish someone would have told me it's not a competition. <laughs> I think that it's funny how we all in some way or another actually spend our life competing with other people um measuring ourselves up to other people trying to hit certain goals or certain milestones quicker than other people um and then when other people do hit those goals or milestones before us super hard for us to be excited for their success because We wish it was our own. And then we find ourselves having bitter feelings towards them just because they hit something before we did. Um, I think a lot of this competition starts from an extremely young age. Um, Even with our parents, when we didn't understand what competition was or what um, what it meant to to compare yourselves to others, how many moms do you hear that right from the womb they're talking about well my baby's gonna have this and I'm gonna do this for my baby and I'm gonna have that and and I'm not gonna do my baby like so and so did I you know that was her experience but I'm not gonna do my my baby like that (laughs) but it just seems like even from the time that you know 
we enter this earth, especially these days, it's who can have the cutest birthing, not birthing, but the cutest after pictures of after you've had your baby and you go ahead on and get yourself dolled up with the cutest robe and your baby has a matching robe and you guys take these beautiful pictures and then you've got your baby pictures and who can have the cutest setup as far as the baby pictures and here this baby doesn't even care (laughs) about anything that's going on they just want to eat sleep and poop (laughs) and mom was just like oh yeah everybody's gonna like this picture and it's like in your mind you may not have a specific person that you're even competing with But just knowing that you're going to get a certain reaction out of everything that you're putting together for this baby, it's just kind of like, it's that competitive side of you that wants people to think, wow. And you sit back and think, I did that, you know? Um, Men have the same thing that they do when it comes to cars, even. You know, I'm going to have this car, I'm going to have that car, and my car's going to look like this. I'm going to get it this color, and the interior is going to be like that. And they want that wow effect when they whip into the parking lot, and they want all their guy friends to turn their heads and, and be like, wow, you know. And not every woman is like that. Not every guy's like that. I'm not generalizing the entire female or male population to be that, but whatever it is, is that makes you say I want people to look at me is that part of you that actually is that competitive nature because the reason you want people to look at you like that is because you in some way shape or form and sense want people to feel like I got it all together I got this I'm doing life and I'm doing it good you know um especially new mamas you know it's it's funny because now it's becoming a trend to actually talk about the hardships that come with having children and things of that nature but at one point it was let me post really cute pictures so that everybody can talk about how amazing I look after birth and all that stuff and (laughs) and it's I from what I hear it's not easy having kids so be real sometimes but the the thing that takes us out of that moment of being real is the simple fact that we are in somewhat of a competition whether it be with someone that we know or with society as a whole we're in some sort of a competition we want to get great and better just to prove something to someone else um i can hear people you know now uh, i just i'm doing it for myself i'm doing it for myself like I try to be careful with how I say stuff because people are just they get so offended these days but when you do stuff I don't care how much you say you do it for yourself if you're doing it and then posting about it or looking for compliments or comments about it in some way shape or form you're not really doing it for yourself you're doing it for a reaction you want to see how people will react to what you say you're doing for yourself and it's just that competitive nature of I got this and I got life together and so growing up you want to have the best bike or you want to have the best toys. You want to have the best, newest, best game systems. Um, you want to have even the best clothes growing up and things of that nature. And it's literally just because you are in 
what I like to call an unspoken competition with the people around you. And then as you grow up, that competitive nature starts taking over to the sense that now when you're not accomplishing something, you feel inferior. And that can start at a very young age. If you don't have the same shoes that everybody else has, now you feel inferior to everybody else because you feel like you have to match up or exceed what they got. You got you have to, to come on their level or exceed their level in order to be somebody and don't even understand the power of self self-worth, the power of self-satisfaction and just understanding confidence in the sense that who you are is perfectly fine whether it matches up to what everybody else is doing or who everybody else is or not now there are cases where that competitive nature is good um there are cases professionally where your drive to compete is what propels you forward in the workplace that's good as long as it's um treated right you know there there are things that can be talked about in a negative way that can actually be very positive attributes if used the right way but when you have a competitive nature to the point where you're using it to propel you forward in work and not to put other people down when it comes to your professional life then when you see other people exceed before you do then it just it won't make you upset like you'll be like okay well guess what it's my turn next like and then if somebody else succeeds before you do okay that's fine it's still my turn next now I don't know how many next I'm gonna be but (laughs) it's still my turn next and you just keep confessing that and keep working hard at that until you're you're actually the next person up um but I think that One thing that I struggled with wasn't necessarily that I felt like I wanted to be other people, but I felt like I was expected to be like other people, Um, just in general in life. And that if if I didn't do things like so-and-so, and if I didn't do things in the order of X, Y, and Z, then I was not excelling and I was not succeeding and so when different people were able to hit different things in life and different stages in life before I was I felt like a failure and then that failure that feeling of failure made me in in a sense just try too hard you ever just look at somebody and be like um you're trying too hard like it does that feeling of failure will make you try way too hard and what ends up happening is you'll burn out Because you're doing things that don't make you happy. You're doing things to please people. And there are some people out there, y'all, that just, they'll never be pleased. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter how you act. They will never, ever be pleased. I believe completely in living for others and being a helping, an actual productive member of society. I believe in that wholeheartedly. But if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not taking care of your well-being, if you're not taking care of your mind, if you're not living a healthy emotional and mental mind, uh, mind in, a, in a healthy and uh, emotional and mental mindset or lifestyle, 
you're never going to be enough in your own eyes. Now, somebody else will look at you and feel like you have it all together and their opinion won't matter because the people who opinions do matter to you, they're not acknowledging you. And that's because in your head, it's a competition. And so sometimes these competitive things come from pressures. When you're a young person and you hit, let's say, 22, 23, you're doing pretty good in life and people start coming up to you and asking you, so when are you going to get married? When are you going to get married? Especially when you start becoming a bridesmaid. Oh, so you're next or groomsman. Oh, so you're next. When are you going to get married? Um, finishing out school, you know, it's so what are you doing for school? Oh, I decided I'm not going to go to school. Mm, you know, and if you have a sibling or a cousin or a friend, a close friend that they did go to school, it's like, oh, they got their life together. What about you? You know, and it's not. At one point, you weren't even thinking about these things, but now people are beginning to question you about them. And now you start asking yourself, well, when am I going to get married? Well, why don't I go to school? Man, because I didn't go to school, I'm probably not going to be as productive as so-and-so. Or I'm probably not going to be as successful as so-and-so in doing such and such. And maybe I messed up. Maybe I made a mistake. And People are super quick to tell you that everybody's path is different, but then they'll question as to why your path isn't following somebody else's. Well, because like you said, everybody else's path is different. Um, and then, and then the thing is that sometimes the competition, especially, and the reason why I like talking about the whole marriage thing is because I feel like this is an area where a lot of people struggle in, um, I think a lot of single people struggle because they're being questioned about when they're going to get married. And I think a lot of non-single people struggle because they just don't know when to not ask that question. <laughs> they just don't know how even hurtful it can be that you you pray about wanting to have a spouse and then you go and they say, well, what are you waiting on? Um, God? Like... <laughs> I that's about it there's nothing else literally that I'm waiting on I'm just waiting on him to actually send me the right person because I'm done with the games like but they don't understand it feels like they don't understand that but if you bring that up to them they'll be like oh no I didn't mean it that way I didn't so don't say it just just don't say it it's okay oh the question I get now all the time is uh, I didn't even think of this till now when are you gonna start having kids what are you waiting on Aren't you, don't you guys want kids? Nah, actually fam, we just chilling. Yep, we're just chilling. Yep, we kind of pray for it every once in a while, you know, and we just, we've cried about it. And, um, but no, actually, we're just chilling. Of course we want kids. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, and, and sometimes those are the things that create competition because then you sit back and for me I can look at somebody and be like oh so-and-so's having a baby and I get excited and then you turn around and you say but God what about me like Lord when are you gonna bless me in my house Lord when are you gonna honor my prayers and then what do you start saying you know Lord I see person after person especially with the marriage thing person after person getting married y'all I was in 12 or 13, I always forget, 12 or 13 weddings before I got married. Not to mention one of those weddings was my grandmother's renewal of her vows. My grandmother got remarried before I got married. Do you hear me? 
<laughs> I was a bridesmaid at my grandmother's wedding before I got married. Years before I got married. My grandmother. Do you hear? Are you hearing me right now? So when you sit back and you look and it just seems like you're getting older and your friend circle starts changing so many times because when you're 16, 17, 18, all these people that you grew up with, it's just y'all, it's y'all. And then they get married and it doesn't matter what a married person wants to tell you or what your friends want to tell you before they get married. Things do change when people get married. They just don't have time to focus on on the friendship the way they used to before. Now, it's not that they don't have time for the friendship, but they're not able to focus on the friendship the way that they used to before. And so things do change. And now here you are single and you've got to find new friends. And then you find new friends and they get married. And then you find new friends and they get married. And, you know, I... I sat back and I told the Lord, hey, Lord, I would love to be married at 21 and have two kids by 23. Like that was my real plan because I I didn't want I wanted to have my kids back to back. Me and my brother grew up back to back. And I feel like us growing up so close was just so awesome. And that was my plan. And I I I blew out my candles on my 25th birthday alone. Like it's it's so funny like looking back and just saying wow like where where I had planned for my life to be right now it's not there and I spent so many days praying and just mm, I'm just gonna say it complaining even to God that I was falling so far behind the pack most of my friends my age that ended up getting married they all have kids now And even some people that were younger than me, years younger than me, they're now married with kids. And it was like, I'm just so far behind everyone. But who who creates the standard of being ahead in life and being behind everyone? Society. And so then we turn around and we measure ourselves up to what society's standards say and what they say about um, when you're supposed to have a good career and when you're supposed to be settled in your career and and what that career even is supposed to be and when you're supposed to be married and especially in the black community it's like go to school get an education get a solid job get a career and then get married and one of the biggest issues I see with that is you know there's so many men that would love a woman to in a way submit to them and and this is a whole nother topic for a whole nother time so y'all don't jump on me about this one because this is something that will probably come up in the future (laughs) but they want women to submit to them but they're in school and then they get these careers and then they get established in their careers and then they get married and by the time they get married they're in their mid-30s and this young lady who's been kind of waiting around not necessarily for that young man but just you know hasn't crossed paths with the person who ends up being her husband she has actually gone and done the same thing she's gone to school she's gotten her career and she's gotten established in her career and all that other stuff and now you're taking this super independent young lady who's probably moved out of her home and done everything that she wanted to do on her own and is taking care of herself and like women say I don't need no man like she's legit that woman she's legit that person and you want 
to marry her and tell her to submit, that's hard. And then the problems in the marriage pop up because you don't understand why. And it's because we're just programmed to say that if you don't do it this way, you are signing yourself up for failure. There's some people that are going to go down that path and things work out. And then there's some people that, hey, get married at 19. One of my closest friends got married at 19, I think. Mm. I have to say it was probably was the first wedding I was a bridesmaid in. She got married at 19. And I remember, I remember um, one of her family members crying at the wedding and saying, 19 is just too young. 19 is just too young. 10 years later, marriage is going strong. You know, 19 was young, but not for her. 19 was young, but not for her, not for him. That was the time that the Lord ordained. Now, I didn't get married until eight years later. So God said, look, I'm looking at 19 year old Rachel and I'm saying she ain't ready. <laughs> that mm -mm, I've got a plan for your life and the way you act in ain't it like 19 year old Rachel was very much so not saved. Like, and what was I going to be doing in some saved man's life? Like, what value was I going to be adding to a saved man's life if I was not saved at 19? Like, but I prayed that God would send me a godly man, but I did not want to be a godly woman. And so God had to say, no, not only do I have to save you, but then you, now you have to go through a, a season of proving that you prove that, that you're up for the, the, Hey, I mean, call us, call it what it is. The challenge of being a Christian, because things sometimes get harder after you become a Christian. We think that becoming a Christian means everything gets easy and it doesn't. Things get harder, but you just have something that you can lean on now that you can rely on. And so me looking at my life and comparing it and, and saying, well, what about this person? What about that person? Lord, I've been in eight weddings. Lord, I've been in nine weddings. Lord, I've been in 11 weddings. Lord, I'm at 12. Lord, I'm at 13. Like looking at my life and comparing it to so many other people, the reason I complained was because I compared and looking at other people, it just wasn't where I thought I would be. My friends got married. My friends started having children. My my friends' children started growing up and they were going to kindergarten and first grade. And 30 was knocking on my door and and science was telling me that I was getting old and and my family was asking me when I was gonna get married and I couldn't go to a church service or a church convention or a church camp without somebody asking me when I was gonna get married. And after a while, you gotta stop going to church camps because you're just like extremely old. Like, <laughs> you know, I hate to put it that way, but you enjoy going, but you just kind of realize that there's nobody there anymore that's your age. There's nobody there anymore that you can rely on. And, and being in church, sometimes feeling very alone in church and no feeling like nobody understood that. And all of this, all of these emotions literally came because I was comparing myself to what society or to what my friends' lives were saying I should be at. And that's not how God works. Like, God has a time clock for everybody and having that that competitive nature where it's like 
I have to do this by this time. And if I don't, I'm a failure. That's trying to take your own life into your own hands and instead of allowing them to be ordered by God. Now, there are certain goals and things that you can um, have. Like my husband wants a truck and he set a goal to have a truck by a certain time. Like that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But to to tell take something so life-changing as a spouse and tell God if it doesn't happen by this date, it's too late. Who are you? Like, <laughs> who are you to tell God when he should do, when he should be God, basically, when he should allow things to happen in your life? Like, who are you to tell God when he should do his thing? You are nobody. I mean, I hate to put it like that, but you are nobody. I am nobody in the eyes of, of God's plan. He has this whole thing planned out and he knows exactly what's best for us. The person I am today is better than even the person I was when I got married two years ago, which is better than the person I was when I wanted to get married years before that. So God knew, like, if I take Rachel and I begin to mold her and make her into the person I want her to be, I can have her become the best version of herself that she can be for Stephen in that season and then after they get married they begin to continue to grow together and grow in in life and grow in the word and just grow together but I couldn't do that ahead of time furthermore I mean there's gonna come a day a couple months from now where um you guys do get to hear my story but if I would have gotten married when I wanted to get married, it is a 100% chance that that would not have been Stephen. My husband would not have been Stephen. And I couldn't imagine my life without Stephen. I love my husband so much. He's completely different than any other guy I've, I've, I've talked to. And, and the way he treats me is different. The way he loves me is different. The way he loves the Lord. I mean, people may think it's cheesy, but my husband calls me sister Rachel. Like, <laughs> and, and he just does it. Like he just does it. Or if I do something, he'll be like, sister, like you can't do that. <laughs> or if, even if I put on the wrong clothes, he'll be like, sister, you can't wear that. Like that's how my husband talks to me. And me, it just makes my heart melt. Like it does. Like it just, the way he loves and respects me as his wife, as the love of his life and as his sister in Christ, it just really makes my heart. And some people look at it and be like, okay, that's too spiritual. I don't think he does it to be spiritual. I really don't. I, I just think he just does it. Like he literally just does it. But, um, you know, I'm not like Sarah running around calling my husband, my Lord or anything like that. But I do call him brother from some from time to time. But anyways, like the bottom line is that if I would have let the competition get to me and married whoever I wanted to marry when I wanted to get married, I probably would have been a mess, you know. We just put a time clock on everything. You know, you have to have a career and be in a solid career by the time you're, let's say, 25 so that you can have a good, solid career for the next 30 or 40 years and retire with the appropriate amount of money to be able to retire, uh, I guess, in wealth or uh, good and and not have to go back to work in your old age and things of that nature. And so you got to start somewhere and you got to be stable in that somewhere. And so now you've got pressure as a young person to try to figure out what am I going to do that I'm going to be doing 
for the next 30 years. And that's how people end up getting caught in cycles of jobs that they just absolutely hate. Because life and society and family and friends and and acquaintances and whoever it is that decides to speak in their life and and prophesiers and even prophesiers say things to them and they feel like they have to meet that that standard because society has created unspoken competitions and it's not a competition it's not a race Honey, you will get there when you get there. I mean, it's a statement that everybody says, but it's so profound. You will get there when you get there. And understand if you're the person asking somebody, when are you going to have children? When are you going to get married? When are you going to go to school? When are you going to get a job? When are you going to decide what you want to do with your life? When this, when that, when this one it's none of your business (laughs) what I really wanted to say is it's not a competition they will get there when they get there there's nothing that says that there's no book that says that after you get married I mean after you graduate school you have to be in a solid career by this time and then you have to be married by this time then you got to start having kids by this time and then even to even for someone who once have kids and they're uh, looking at uh, what do they call the biological time clock and they're observing their biological time clock and they're saying oh my clock is ticking and I need to get married so that I can have kids because my clock is ticking to to confess that time clock is to completely take away the power of God, if that makes sense. Do you really think God gives a care about a biological time clock? Are you as many women in the Bible as he has let pass the biological time clock and then giving them children? Do you think he is confined to some mystical clock? <laughs> like... You do that to yourself. God isn't doing that to you. You do that to yourself. And sometimes the longer the wait, the greater the testimony. Like the greater the testimony, the longer the wait. Sarah waited, Sarah and Abraham waited 25 years for kids. That's it, 25 years. But but you look at uh, um, in the Bible with Rachel and Leah. Rachel let competition get to her and it got to her so bad that she gave Jacob her concubine and said, say, hey, since you can't have kids by me, have kids by this woman here. But Joseph wasn't ordained to come through a concubine. Joseph was supposed to come through Rachel. And if she had just been patient, God would have given her a child of her own. And it's crazy because the only reason why God even closed up Rachel's womb was because he knew she was loved more than Leah. And he basically just wanted to give Leah a chance at this whole life thing with Jacob. That's it. Bible says he saw, God saw that Rachel was more loved. So he closed up her womb. And then a couple of chapters later, it says, then God remembered Rachel and opened up her womb. And see, from my point of view, looking at Rachel in the Bible, it's so easy for me to say, girl, all you had to do, but when you're in it, the fire, trust me, y'all, I know when you're in the fire, 
okay? When when you have to weight yourself, when you're looking at everybody else and seeing what they've accomplished and, and, and wishing that that could be you, you don't feel that. You feel like Sarah who says, you know what? This this whole me having a baby thing isn't going to work because my biological time clock has stopped ticking. And so let me give you my concubine and you can have a baby by her. Or you pull a Rachel who says, you know what? For some reason, I'm not having babies. So here, let me give you my concubine so you can have babies by her. And you get ahead of what God had planned in the first place. You get a hand, you get ahead of what he wanted in the first place. And then it causes headaches down the road the concubine children were headaches to joseph ishmael was a headache to isaac isaac like it causes headaches down the road so you cannot jump ahead of god because you just start messing stuff up you'll never mess god's plan up understand that you'll never mess god's plan up his plan is gonna happen but if you want to cause yourself more headache and heartache down the road just go ahead on and do what you want to do But it's not a competition. And when we start making things a competition, that's when we start ruining things for ourselves. That's And I can't say ruining because like I just said, God's plan always happens. But that's when we start making things a lot harder on ourselves. That's when we start making things a lot more difficult on ourselves. When we're comparing ourselves to other people, even people who are a certain age. And it's like, well, everybody my age has retired now and I'm still working. So... Maybe you're still working because God still has people for you to impact. Maybe their job life, their professional life is done because God is done using them in that aspect and he has something else he needs them to move on to. But that doesn't mean you're far behind them because you haven't retired yet and you're getting up there in age and you're still working. That's not God's plan for you. That's not. There's people that retire and they go and they travel. And then there's people that work and they just work and work and work. And they actually enjoy what they do. They're enjoying their life. And sometimes when you enjoy your work so much that it's not working, it's actually serving others. That could just be your purpose. You're just getting paid for purpose. That's a good thing right there. That's good. You are getting paid for your purpose. That's it. They're enjoying life. Maybe that chapter of purpose is closed in their life. Maybe them traveling is for another purpose. Yeah, but you're getting paid for the purpose that God has for you. You're not far behind. You're not. When somebody gets something better in life, somebody buys a house and you got an apartment, so what? There's nothing, there's no book anywhere, not even the Bible that says by a certain age, you are supposed to have a house. There's nowhere in in your life's script that says from what you can see that says you're ever even gonna have a house. What if God wants you to be in an apartment for the rest of your life? And some people look and say, oh no, that's not me. But what if it is you? How many times have you said, no, that's not me. And you end up being exactly what you told God you weren't gonna be. Because it's not about you. Your normal is in God's hands. So stop giving people power over your normal by making it an unspoken competition. They get something nice in their house, you got to get something nice in your house. They get a certain thing of clothes, you got to get the clothes. They get a car, you got to get the car. They do something, you got to go do it. No, 
there's some things that are just beautiful kept to yourself. There are some things that you can genuinely just keep to yourself and it's okay. It's perfectly fine that that can just be your thing. And people may look at you like you're crazy and say, oh, you should do this and you should do that. They're all opinions. They should not alter how you move forward though. They shouldn't. As long as you know within your heart that you're exactly where God wants you to be, that's all that matters. He'll let everything else fall into place. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You, if you're living for God and you're living righteously before God, all these things that you want, that you desire in life, that you seek after in life, they'll be added to you. Don't You don't even have to worry about that. God, God... God is taking care of all of that for you, but it's the competitions that society and family and friends and comrades and things appears that and acquaintances, they all put on you to be somebody that God has not ordained for you to be. And that's when you get in trouble because you let what other people say and you, you let what other people do get in the way of what God has called you to. When God calls you on a certain path, he doesn't call your family. When God tells you to go down a certain path, he doesn't tell your family that. He's not going to explain himself to anybody. He's not going to explain himself and what he wants done to anybody else. He's only going to talk to you about it. So don't look for the approval of people and the decisions that you're making. Understand the approval of God is what matters. That doesn't mean that you can't seek advice, but don't let people's advice be the final word because sometimes people base their advice off of their own experiences. And although you can glean from other people's experiences, you cannot make someone else's experience yours. What they went through was there to help you go through what you go through. But it is not supposed to be an exact blueprint for you to go through what you go through. Okay? Like, everybody's not going to have to wait 25 years for a child. There are people that are going to wait more. There's people that are going to wait less. But the bottom line of what Abraham and Sarah had to go through was faith. That's it. It was just faith. So you can use their story for any part of your life and say, if they can wait on God for 25 years for their promise, whatever promise it is that I have that I'm believing God for, I can wait on him too. Now that does not mean I'm going to wait 25 years. I could wait less, but my story is not their story. The bottom line for me is I have to have faith and believe that God is going to do everything in his time and it's going to work for my good, it's not a competition. And the quicker we realize that, I think the happier we'll be in life because we'll stop looking at other people and comparing ourselves and and trying to be what they are and feeling sorry for ourselves in a sense that we're not where they are, but that's not where God wants you to be. He may use other people as an example to be able to put a little fire under you to keep going. He may use people for you to look up to and say, hey, you know, I'd love to, to accomplish things in life. And that he uses that as that fire to help you accomplish things. But he his desire is not for all of us to be like each other. He wants us to be like Jesus, not each other. He does not want us to be like each other. So stop competing to try to make yourself like someone or better than someone. And here's the thing. 
when you're being competitive to the sense that you are always trying to be better than someone, typically to people, people see that. People notice that. And then eventually you just come across as annoying. And all your efforts go out the door because it doesn't matter how much you accomplish, nobody's going to want to be bothered with you. Because you come across as annoying. The competition side of it, people don't like to have to compete with other people all the time. Especially people that are satisfied in who they are and, and who God has made them to be. They are not wasting their time competing with you. They're not. You don't want to be that person. Every time you open your mouth, you got something to brag about. Every time you open your mouth, you got something to talk about. Every time you open your life, you're just telling people about how much better you are than them. There's a difference between bragging and blessings, okay? When God has blessed you, it's fine to share your testimony. But you can see the heart behind people that are sharing their testimony to encourage others. Because typically people like that, (laughs) you can hear the humility in their voice. They're not broadcasting it. They're probably telling a select few of people that God has laid it on their heart to tell. And if they are telling a, a group of people, maybe it's like their church or something like that. But they're not picking up their phone, calling people and then saying, you know, I know I brag a lot, but no, no, you're not going to hear that from people that aren't being competitive. You're not people that aren't being competitive. You won't tell them this is what I want to accomplish in life and then all of a sudden they go out and they they do the accomplishment that you just told them you wanted to accomplish and they come back and say oh yeah you know I was thinking I wanted to do x y and z so I already went out and do it I told you I wanted to do that why are you doing it now that's competitive and that becomes annoying you don't want to be that annoying person just be who God created you to be whatever it is God created you to be just be that person and be happy with that person so with that being said you all have an amazing day and uh once again follow me on instagram at um i wish dot s-w-h-t-m so i wish that someone would have told me um and just stay tuned for all the amazing things we have lined up now for the outro All right, that wraps up this episode of I Wish Someone Would Have Told Me. If you all have something more that you want to add, please just share it with me at iwish.swhtm at gmail.com. That's iwish.someonewouldhavetoldme, swhtm at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback, your critiques, your thoughts. Maybe we'll talk about them on another episode. I'm always down for doing a part two of anything and coming back and talking about something more or expounding on some of your topics. And hey, if you know a person who's not quite adulting yet, go ahead and share this with them so that they can get some tips from us older folk (laughs) on some of the things that we've gone through in life and some of the things that they need to look out for in life. And I'm always willing to have conversations. So please, please, please drop me a line i'm always looking for new topics so if you can think of a topic that you wish someone would have told you about go ahead and drop that line all right i'll talk to you all next week have a great week toodles